Good evening and welcome to another French Football Weekly podcast. I'm Philippa B and I'm joined by Rich Allen. Hi, Rich. Hello. And Jeremy Smith. Hi, Jess. Hi. And we've got quite a lot to get uh, through after our last pod, including three rounds in Ligue 1, some European fixtures, a little bit of Coupe de France, some admin because it is France, and a look forward to the next rounds. So looking back first over uh, what's been happening in games 26, 27 and 28, um, what were the big games that uh, have had an impact uh, looking back? Uh, we've had some, uh, in a sense, key draws in game 26, where Monaco drew away at Bastia, but PSG couldn't take advantage by drawing at home to Toulouse before everybody got back into winning ways over the last two rounds. So what would we see as being some of the key games of those rounds um, and what do they mean for the table and the title race? Uh, Rich, what would you pick out? Um, I think really you're probably looking, over the certainly over the last three weeks, um, are some really scrappy, uh, and in fact, is it a trio? A trio, I believe, of really scrappy battling narrow wins for Nice, just when I thought that they would be perhaps dropping out of the race. Um, they've they've really fought and had to fight quite hard at times um, to get those those three wins against teams they perhaps should have should have been putting away more convincingly. Um, you know, they only beat Lorient by a goal to nil. Um, they they just about scraped past Montpellier at home. Um, and then got a, a, a 1-0 win away at Dijon. So it's impressive, you know, it, but it's, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're really on the skin of their teeth, but it's it's impressive to see that they are still able to grind those results out when it, uh, when it matters. Because possibly those are the kind of games where in the past we were looking at them and saying, well, they should have won that. And they weren't. So while they're still doing the one one goal margin thing, uh, particularly against Montpellier, where they came from, you know, a goal down with a double from Le Bien, who's been out for seven months, you know, they are now, in a sense, doing that again. Um, Jez, do you see, you know, particularly given the striking situation, you know, hope uh, that they're going to keep, keep on with that kind of thing uh, and keep this interesting? as they are still level with PSG on points? Um, I think that at least third place is definitely theirs, and I still can't see them. I still think at some point they will lose um, lose ground on, on the top two, but what they're doing is fantastic. Um, I think up front will at some point probably um, be their undoing. You know, as long as the the defence is is solid, then the odd win, the odd goal, is enough. But you feel like it only takes one or two matches where um, those chances don't go in, or they concede one and, and aren't able to score more than one or whatever in a turn, and then it will just be uh, you know that it's difficult to see PSG and Monaco dropping too many points. So if Nice don't need to drop that many to fall away. But they've got so many good options in midfield, um, so many of whom can score. I mean, Cyprien has come up with the goods a couple of times. And as you said, Le Bion was out for 17 months and, and came back with a, with a sort of fairy tale double. I, I still think they're going to be 
um, around the top. And I don't think they're going to be a million miles away from the top two, but I, I think third place is pretty much theirs. Yeah, I mean, the, it's a 15-point gap, I think, down to OL and fourth. So that's, you know, that gives them a, a degree of space to maybe have the occasional wobble. Um, you, you can see what... Lyon dropping as many points as, as Nice over the, over the rest of the, the year. There's no way yeah. that... Yeah, I don't think there's any way they'll make 15 up. So um, of the other matches, maybe, uh, you know, Lyon had put... Four past Dijon, but conceded two. Put five past Metz, that then drew uh, against Bordeaux at the weekend. Um, and there've also been some big wins. Obviously, PSG five one away at OM, and Monaco four um, nil at home to Nantes. Um, who's in a good uh, run of form? Are we seeing any other sort of key matches from from those fixtures? Um, Jez, anything else you'd pick out? I think. Um... I mean, the obvious sort of standout fixture of the last two or three weeks is the, the Marseille-PSG result, because obviously it's a big big match as it is, and and then um, such a, a resounding win away from home. wouldn't be that surprised if you saw it at the Parc des Princes, but to see them come away from the Velodrome with a, with a 5-1 win was pretty um, shocking for, for Marseille fans, I guess. Um, yeah. With PSG, it's kind of, you know, the last couple of weeks have been um, typical PSG, like when they're up for it against against Marseille, they can be just unplayable. And then against Nossi, where they think all they need to do is turn up. Frankly, they were lucky to 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 get a draw. Um, they were pretty poor all match. Nossi should have scored. Um, they were very unlucky that um, Buzan shot hit both posts before coming out. But I, I actually think it would have been easier to score. And then inevitably. They go PSG go straight up the other end and get a very dodgy penalty, and Cavani, who was missing easy chances all match as usual, um, you know, celebrates like he's just won the the World Cup after scoring a dodgy penalty. Um, so it's kind of yeah, typical sort of up and down PSG. I still think that they sh they should they are the strongest squad, they are the strongest team, they should be the strongest mentally team. Um, considering that even though that they're relatively young, they've got a lot more experience than than Monaco. Um, but when they show those laps, <coughs> you know, they got away with it against um, against Nancy. They didn't against Toulouse, and you know could say they were lucky Monaco drew that weekend. Actually, in a way, Monaco were lucky just because they had their match first, and it was a great chance for PSG. Um, as long as they're going to show those lapses, then. No, I think this one's going to hopefully go to the wire. Yeah, so, I mean, does anybody else remember that thing before Christmas when OM's defence was one of the best in Europe? Because genuinely can't understand how that happened at this <laughs> point. But anyway, with PSG and the possibility of lapses, obviously they're playing tomorrow night, small matter of away at Barcelona. Do we think they might be up for this one? Or I mean, apparently they've taken a four-nil lead into this. They've taken a full team to Barcelona. There's no compromise apparently in the squad. Is there any way they can screw this up? Um, Rich? there there is, there is, there is a way. I, funnily enough, Jez and I were we were talking about this earlier. I, I can see it happening. 
I don't want it to happen for, you know, League One's sake. Um, uh, I mean, we were both in agreement it would be quite funny if it did, though. <laughs> and I, but I can see it. I think if 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 Barcelona come out, you know, guns are blazing, get that early goal. Their players can work the referee. The crowd can work the referee. All of a sudden, they could very quickly get to sort of two nil. Maybe even better by half time. Thiago Silva yes. will suddenly get a mystery injury. <laughs> but you know they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna probably be targeting the um, uh, perhaps questionable at questionable t- at times temperament of someone like uh, Verratti. Um, you know I could see PSG losing a man. <laughs> you know I can see it happening. I, I I you know I really don't want it to happen. And I'm not expecting it to happen, but I could make a fairly strong argument that it could. I mean, what what happened in the first leg really was that it was PSG that came out of the blocks guns blazing and that really panicked Barca, who don't appear to be possibly having a particularly happy time of things. Um, you know, with Emery taking a full team, obviously a full squad the starting 11 he plays will be key he would be he'll gonna he's gonna play a a strong starting 11 surely just to make sure because if he did give this up from this point i mean he's gone surely so um you're thinking it will be an a team that starts and therefore they should definitely have enough to uh, be able to resist any kind of counter-tactics in Barca. What do you think, Jez? They should. I really can't see... I really don't think Barcelona will be able to do it. I don't think they'll be able to keep a clean sheet, which would mean I think they'd have to score six. But they've scored 11 in the last two games. They beat Atletico Madrid away from home in the match before that. They've got those three players up front. If any team can score that many, it's Barcelona. And if any team can sort of comically go down in flames, it's the PSG of of old. And the question is, is it is that still the PSG? Um, I d- I don't think it will happen, but I do think it could get nervy. As Rich said, er- an early goal or two, um, the hundred hundred thousand or whatever. Um, behind you, um, PSG are they are the first team is relatively young. Motta's not going to be playing. Silver, no, I think of Silver. Um, Trap's got a mistake in him. I don't, th- I don't think it will happen. But it's not entirely beyond the realm. You know, I, I, if I had to put money so on one or the other, I would watching. definitely put money on. <laughs> Barcelona to, to come back than Arsenal, for example, even though Arsenal have just gone one and up. Yeah, really? Yeah. Um, but still worth watching, is basically what we're saying. Yeah, I think it'll be so fine, whatever sh- happens. Right. So, elsewhere in Europe, um, given the kind of staggered nature of the Champions League, we've got uh, Monaco playing next week against Man City after a frankly highly enjoyable and chaotic 5-3 for City uh, in Manchester with Falcao double and a missed penalty and Mbappe getting the other one. Um, In the Europa League, which is kind of a step 
further on in a weird sense. Saint-Étienne went out, but Lyon beat AZ 11-2 on aggregate in one of those results which made me wonder if I was checking the women's team's results by mistake. And if we can just mention Toussaint, Lacazette times two, Ferry, Fekir times three, Corneille Dada, Usem Auer getting his debut pro goal, and Mukta Diab. Diakabi getting his only second pro goal in those 11. Um, not sure it was a massive contest. They've got a much, much bigger test coming up on Thursday against Roma. We'll have a preview on Thursday with a Roma fan telling us about um, how things are going and who she sees as the threats from Leon. It seems a little bit weird because they have been kind of up and down in the league, as it were, this look like a couple of gimmies to to really have some fun in the Europa League. Um, but uh, how are they doing overall? Was that a kind of characteristic or is the league form more what they are? Uh, Jez? Um, well, I, around those results, as you said, they also got four against Dijon and, four against, and five against Mets. So they're, they're in a you know, decent run of form. I st- it was against Dijon and Metz. <laughs> um, Whereas they drew against Bordeaux and have had some other defensive issues. Even the you know the the win against Marseille. I mean Marseille's goal showed that Lyon's defense has got issues. It's just Marseille's defense made them look good. Yeah, I mean there was so, a great result against Marseille, but then they were in the same way they were pretty much outplayed by them in in the cup game at the, at the Velodrome. So that one sort of, I guess, in a way, evens itself out. But as you said, it was just that I don't know what's gone on with the Marseille defence. I mean, this one, this, this, the 2017 incarnation seems more appropriate than than the version of of the end of last year. I don't know how how they had such good stats. But for Lyon, just it's still it's a lot better. Lacazette's still scoring. Um, Tusa, I think, is fantastic. He seems to have a bit more stability at the back. Um, you know, Mamana scored a, a goal at the weekend, which should, should be good for his confidence. Um, Fekir's still kind of up and down, he either sort of scores hat tricks or is completely missing. Um, and Valbuena, again, quietly, is, I think, consistently their best player. Um, I can't remember, was it the. Was it the Marseille match? I can't remember the one where he was dropped. And Genesio uh, said that he regretted it afterwards. No, he played against Marseille. Didn't he play against Marseille? Um not sure. But Lacazette has got 22 league goals, so he's second in the table behind Cavani on 27 and six clear of Gomis in third. So, I mean, he is sort of pulling it back a bit and uh, back to his free-scoring ways. But the second top scorer in the league, this is for Lyon, is indeed Mathieu Valbuena with seven. So I think um, he is chipping in. Te- is it ten of Lacazette's are penalties? But I suppose they will count. But um, I just I think the, the Bordeaux result is probably... You know, for a team challenging, arguably for third, certainly for Europe, and for a team the stature of Lyon in France, 
I think it's fairer to to judge them by results against teams like Bordeaux than against uh, mm. Dijon, Metz, and and AZ. And yeah, it's they seem to have steadied the ship a little, but I'm still not sure they're they're where they want where that team should be. Well, they played Toulouse at the weekend, so that might be a little bit closer. Uh, so we'll watch that one with interest. It'll be interesting now, seeing Balbuena against Julien. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on, in a sense, we've got some um, some admin, uh, as it were, which includes we've got uh, an interlol coming up later in the month. Uh, France are playing Luxembourg and also Spain. So are there any rumours or hopes that we have for the next uh, kind of France call-up um, that we want to have a word about, Rich? Um, I, can, I can probably separate them between um, sort of hopes and, hopes and fears. Um, uh, Hopes-wise, I think it's quite common knowledge that there's going to be uh, a stronger Monaco presence um, I think you're probably looking at the likes of Benjamin Mendy in with a shout. Sidibe's already in there. Uh, Lamar got a call up the last uh, last round of uh, uh, last international break and uh, tail end of last year. Um, Bakayoko could. Um, you know, we're, we're still unsure as to who who he wants to represent, but I think it's going to be a case of who wants to offer him the chance first. So. He could be in with a shout, and then of course we've got um, Mbappe. So um, did read today that Deschamps was a little, he was a bit more cautious. I think, as we know, Deschamps can be of not sort of jumping the gun. I think with Mbappe um, coming out and saying, look, you know, he's a great player. He's got these great attributes, um, but he is young. He will be a, a you know a full international. But when that will be, I can't say yet. Whether that means he'll get the call up um, next week or not, we'll see. Um, <clears throat> there's then on the on the fears side, there's been growing rumours I've seen anyway of of two players I'm not quite sure warrant for perhaps slightly different reasons. Um, there seems to be this grow. I mean, Deschamps has done a couple of interviews recently and. As ever with interviews with Deschamps, the the name of, of Karim Benzema um, gets brought up, and, and Deschamps was very much a case of look, you know, I will be picking players on, you know, sporting value to the squad. Um, you know, whether whether that's him trying to to offer an olive branch, he said, you know, other players have said some pretty crappy things about me before, but I've ultimately gone back and still picked them. Um, he do, I don't think we. I don't think France need him in the squad. I really don't. But you know, I'm sure people will listen to this and will want to argue again. And then the other one as well, slightly mystifying as well, was Tovan. Um, we've seen flashes of him, perhaps on a slightly more regular basis, of the the quality player he can be. But I still don't think he should be should be in that France setup just yet. Jazz, any any views on either of those two or anybody else? Um, no, I pretty much agree with that. I mean, Monaco, I think, if I had to pick one Monaco player who deserves to be in the squad at the moment, I would be torn between, I think, Mendy and Bakayoko. 
Um, I think it's been been excellent all season in the in the midfield. Um, I still, uh, Rich, um, is getting a bit bored with me saying it, but I don't think Sidibe should be in the Monaco first team, let alone the France squad. Um, I think Toure should be ahead of him in both, but anyway, hopefully his time will come. And then for the other two, I, I agree with Rich. I think Tovar just it seems a bit strange. I don't know if it's just because. Um, Marseille fans are so short of options for a, a sort of um, idol within their team that they've had to settle with him and there being a lot of Marseille fans there's a lot of calls for Tovin for France but I can't really see that his performances have been either good or consistent enough to, to deserve it yet and Benzema, you know, Sofoot had an article today or I don't know if it was an article or comment kind of saying, you know, so, so if you're under police investigation you're um, you're not allowed to be in the France team but you are allowed to run for president the whole sort of Fion versus Benzema thing I don't know how many times it needs to be said that Benzema is not not in the squad because of the investigation he's not in the squad because he's consistently showed that he's not I don't think a team player for France he consistently disappoints and Rich is right Deschamps said that he's kind of um, you know, forgotten what people have said about him before, but um, you know, there's Valbuena or whatever saying disagreeing with him about tactics or, or um, selection or whatever, and there's someone coming out and publicly very strongly implying you're a racist. I don't think it's the same thing at all. Um, mm. So yes, Benzema keeps scoring for Real Madrid. Yes, he's you know about to become France's leading ever Champions League scorer, but that doesn't. I don't think that means that he deserves a place. I don't think it deserves, um, you know, worrying about um, unsettling what seems a pretty settled, happy squad at the moment. Um, I'd I'd be surprised if he was in the squad. Another one who's yeah, just come back. Um, he's just scored a couple and looks slightly back to form is Coman, but I'm not sure he's been back on form enough to to get back in the squad yet. So on the innocent the France front and Les Bleus, obviously there was the um, recently we've heard the news that uh, Raymond Copper um, passed away, and there is a tribute up on the site written by Jez about um, uh, his contribution to Reims and French football in general. Uh, including players' rights and Les Bleus as well. And we'll also have another history piece up, which um, includes some copper action uh, later in the week. So, moving on, um, we've also got on the admin front that Metz's two-point deduction has been reversed, thus catapulting Metz back up to the heady heights of 15th. So the And given the catch-up games that we've had, we've now only got one game in hand, which is the Mets-OL game. Which I think so, still hasn't been set. Of all the yeah, games in hand, that was the first I one to come up. I can't see anything. Yeah. So we've had a Combe beat um, Nancy 1-0 in what I presume was something to do with Frost. Um, and Bastia gave up a 2-0 lead, having gone down to 10 men after 10 minutes against Nantes in the other catch-up game to draw. Um, And that kind of brings us on to another admin point, which is the Fair Play League. Um, Because, top of the Fair Play League, anybody want to guess who is the fairest player 
in France. Play, guys. Player or team? Any, uh, team. The fairest I team. I think I looked the other day, so I'd be cheating if I said, so I'll let Rich answer. You would be cheating. Rich? <laughs> oh, oh, hmm. The is cleanest it, is it, team. Is it, is it PSG? <laughs> yes, it is. It's PSG, who are level with Montpellier, actually, on 43 points. Given that Montpellier have had four red cards this season, you're thinking this algorithm looks a bit like the FIFA rankings. It's actually very simple, in inverted commas. You get one point for a booking and three points for a red card. So Montpellier have had four people sent off, but don't get booked a lot. So that's 43. Then everybody else kind of trundles along from then. Looking at the bottom, on 19th, so the second dirtiest team is Toulouse on 77 points. Bottom is Bastia on 90. They've had 12 red cards so far. They've had three in the last three games they've played, which I thought, included I that catch-up game. Um, you may be second or... I thought you were third bottom. Anyway, you're close. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but, I mean, it's a big gap. 12 red cards. I mean, I know Montpellier had that season a couple of seasons ago where it was just ludicrous, but this is ludicrous. So, their last couple of games, that they had Jiku sent off after 10 minutes, so they were just fighting uh, the whirlwind against Nantes. We had Kawasak getting sent off in that 3-0 uh, win by Angers for slapping the... Uh, display board out of the fourth official's hand and at the weekend <laughs> so that's Kazakh's fourth of the season and then at the weekend Nicolas Saint-Roof got his second of the season for a high foot on uh, Vincent Pajot of um, uh, Saint-Étienne who ended up in hospital I mean I don't think that was malicious necessarily but it was dumb um, and obviously Pajot was very seriously injured which you could see immediately so he was immediately stretched off stuck in an ambulance and taken to hospital and then I believe released the next day having stayed the night in hospital so something was working well there but Bastia, you mentioned, Rich, in your relegation piece that Bastia's problem, part of it, is they keep getting people sent off, so they keep having people unavailable for games. Uh -huh. um, and, I mean, it is. This is uh, a ridiculous situation, frankly, that they find themselves in, that they cannot keep... Uh, you know, a defence together because they keep being um, they keep being sent off and therefore suspended. So, you well, know, I is think, this think... characteristic? What's you know what's happening here? Well, it it is because I think when I was look when I was putting that relegation piece together, I think I saw that this was the third season on the trot. Bastia have hit double figures for red cards. Um, this this I think being the most that they have most that they've received in a single season, and you know we've still got a number of games left to go. So it, it seems, and then looking at where they are in the table, and the fact that you know they're now what three points from absolute safety, two points from potential safety with the playoff place. Um, it, it it does seem that that it's no coincidence that their worst tally of red cards is could coincide with them being relegated from the top flight. So it's, it is crazy and they're just not learning. Um, and as I said in that piece, it seems that, you know, their, their behavior gets the crowd going and they then look at causing trouble or 
Is it the crowd causing trouble that gets the players going and they then, you know, lose their heads? It's 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 all a mess. And, you know, if you're not going to, you know, it's as silly as it's and, and as obvious as it sounds, if you're not, not going to keep 11 players on the on the pitch every week, then, you, you know, you're not going to be you're not going to be having a, a happy old time of it come the end of the season. Yeah, and they're they're away at Gangomp at the weekend, so you know, duck and cover. Uh, Jez, yeah, I was going to say I think it's it's a fine line because it's not fair to reduce it just to that. But one of um, Bastia's strengths the last few years has been that kind of fortress mentality at home, and and as Rich said, the sort of fans and the players and the atmosphere all kind of um, geeing each other on, but. It, it doesn't take much to just go a little bit over that line and, and they do do it too much and you know when when there's players unavailable it's first of all it's not the biggest squad anyway so you're losing those players you're having to put um, lesser players out there and also you can't you know you, you don't get the chance you need a defense that are used to playing with each other and, and you know the central midfield that are used to playing with each other um, when when they're not getting any chance to do that consistently, then it's obviously going to affect them. And it, it probably will be relatively close at the bottom and at the end of the season. And um, that could well be the difference. Yeah. Um, and they're and that, still in the domicile table, they have three home wins, and that is the lowest. Which is very uh, unlikely. The next though. lowest is five, which, as you say, is different from the last couple of seasons yeah very much so and uh, next week after after the Gago match <coughs> against, mess against Bastia and mess also being near the bottom um, you can probably not get, get, get great odds on there being 22 players at the end of the match <laughs> okay so one other competition where we've had some uh some activity recently is the Coupe de France, where there were two cup sets in the uh, the WTMs, where we had Frejus from CFA beating Auxerre from Ligue 2, uh, 2-0. Um, and we also had Avrage from National beating Strasbourg from Ligue 2 on penalties. Um, so we've got a really cool draw where Avrange here are hosting PSG, but Frejus are hosting um, Gangon. Which, given Gangon's form, you know, you've got to be thinking. People are looking at that and wondering, uh, wondering if the dream can continue. So um, those were uh, the cup sets we had in the last round. But the grand shock, as it were, was Marseille three, Monaco four. After extra time, another chaotic, high-scoring match where basically nobody can defend properly. Um, Anybody have anything to say about about that one, uh, Jess? It was just it was a fantastic match, and um, even you know all the tweeting or looking at tweets during the match, there wasn't a single Marseille fan I saw saying they deserved one of their goals, let alone three equalisers. Um, Monaco again were playing brilliant football and were all over them. Yet yeah, Marseille came back three times, which was great for us because it was just fantastic entertainment um, Mbappe again was impressive Mendy was fantastic his sprints um, until I think at least two I can't remember them now but at least two of the goals were on the break one that he scored and one that he set up 
um, he and Mbappe sort of um, exchange favours. But um, his his sprints to to go up and support support the attack were just brilliant to see. But then also at the same time, you know, Cabello with a couple of of good finishes, which earned him the right to start as centre forward the following match. Um, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, um, it was yeah, just great, crazy entertainment. It was good to see. <laughs> That's what Monaco do, really. I mean, with the City result, with that result, great, crazy entertainment. Even when they beat Montpellier six-two, it was six-two. I mean, <laughs> there's uh, there's something to be said for you know bringing uh, bringing the benefit to the gaiety of nations, as it were. So, looking forward to the weekend. After we have, you know, a Champions League and a Europa League, we've got a round game 29, which starts with Marseille welcoming Angers and finishes with Lorient welcoming PSG. The interesting stuff is in the middle, really. So, uh, Rich, what do you think is one of the key games for the next round? Um, I think looking forward to it, um, I think there's, well, there's two, there's two matches that stand out for me. Um, you've got Monaco Bordeaux, um, for, for reasons of, you know, for fairly obvious reasons in respect to Monaco and for the fact that Bordeaux are, are starting to actually get some, uh, Get some good form behind them now. Um, so, if you want to, uh, you know, an intriguing match that will also give entertainment, watch that. If you want an intriguing match that will probably give no entertainment, <laughs> then I would point you in the direction of Nancy v Lille. Um, both struggling at the foot of the table, you know, towards the foot of the table, both in desperate need of a win. Um, it's not going to be a fun game to watch, but huge importance on it. Jez, uh, on on that front, anything about Nazi Lille that you can add? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's important, well, but it's not going to be pretty. I mean, Nazi haven't scored for uh, six matches now, and uh, Lille are hardly prolific. Um, I can't see it being a goal fest, but it's going to be important. You know, Lille win, and I think they they could well be. Not necessarily safe, but whoever, if you know, if a, if a team loses that match, they're they're in quite a bit of trouble. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be very cagey. I really can't see many goals in that. Unlike Laurie on PSG, where I think there could be quite a few goals, but I don't think they'll necessarily be evenly shared out. Nope. Now I think uh, trying to play cagey on an artificial pitch could also be just interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so just, and as, the... as Rich said, I think. Monaco Bordeaux, Monaco for the obvious reasons, but Bordeaux have just been, you know, quietly, really starting to find some form. It's becoming Gouvenec's uh, team. You know, he's he's not been playing the older players so much and been giving younger players like Vada, Malcolm, Kamano a chance, and and you know they they're really playing some good stuff now. So I think it'll be a bit of a test to Monaco. So Monaco-Bordeaux is the Saturday afternoon game. Uh, that Nancy versus Lille goal fest is part of the multiplex, so at least there'll be other things to distract you. Um, one other game that might be interesting is Lyon playing Toulouse, because Toulouse are currently ninth. They've had some decent results, but a couple of stutters, but they seem... 
in a sense, we were saying earlier with Lyon that they're, in a sense, uh, battering smaller teams but stuttering against the bigger teams. Toulouse is kind of in the middle there, so what Lyon do against Toulouse will be maybe indicative of, of how they're getting on in a, in, a, in a real way. What do we think might happen there, uh, Jez? Um, I think to expect home advantage to to tell. I think I'd I'd expect Lyon to win, but Toulouse, um, since beginning of February, have, have looked back to back at the sort of same level as the Toulouse at the start of the season. Um, Julien has got a bullet header at the weekend. I think has been has been really good in defence. Delors gone a bit quiet the last couple of matches, but um, him him joining the team and, and hitting the ground running was sort of a real fillip for the team. So, um, and you know that I'm not sure how close they are to the European places, but I think it's probably unlikely they'll get there. But they're they're one of the very few teams that seem um, certainly safe and with not too much to play for but you know a strong a strong final run could see them maybe sneaking a Europa League place if they want it so I think with with not much pressure on them and Lyon kind of pretty much always under pressure now especially with Bordeaux sneaking up on them behind um, I think it could be a good game because I think Toulouse could play with, with a bit of freedom and it will be up to Lyon to, to raise their game. Yeah, I mean, in the last three games to lose, that header was their only goal. <coughs> Obviously, they got nil-nil uh, away at PSG, but then drew nil-nil away at Nancy as well. Um, you've got to think that various bits of their scoring, uh, high-scoring attack from earlier in the season are going to come back into things. Um, they are ninth. They're six points off sixth. So, it's looking a little bit distant, but uh, given what happened last year, if anybody can do a late season run, that would appear to be the team. So I think that one's going to be kind of interesting on Sunday afternoon before Lorient face PSG, which might just be very awkward to watch. <laughs> um, <laughs> so on that, we've got um, a big round of games coming up at the weekend. Obviously, we've got the Champions League this week with PSG away at Barca tomorrow evening and then the uh, uh, the Europa League tie with Lyon facing Roma at home on Thursday before uh, the next leg after that. So there'll be reviews, uh, previews up on the site and some other stuff about history as well. And uh, thank you very much for listening and send it in any questions you'd like us to address for next time and we'll speak to you again soon. So from me, Philippa B and Rich and Jez, thank you very much. Good night.